0: All right, guys, welcome to this, uh, today's podcast. Today, I've got a very special audience all the way from Singapore with Mr. Jack Wong. Uh, Jack, do you want to say hello to my audience?
1: Well, first of all, thank you, uh, Desmond, for inviting me on this show. I had no idea why I'm invited. I may have something to share. So it depends on what you guys want mm-hmm. me to talk about. I'm happy to share my insights and experience with you. Thank you. Yeah, so Jack,
0: Jack, for me, he's like a treasury of uh, information and knowledge in his brain. Uh, he's got many years of experience in terms of different professionals and, and he's a trainer he has a lot of uh, tax experience and accounting experiences and he knows a lot in different different kind, even personality so we're gonna dig a little bit deeper and talk a little bit about different different kind of areas so we're not gonna bore you with just oh how to save tax or how to you know do your books and stuff like that so we're gonna focus on uh making it a mo- little bit more conversational because today is a very interesting time like Uh, malaysia right now we are in well the government doesn't call it a lockdown but truly it is a lockdown right um we call it a movement control order which is a really long name but let's just call it a lockdown where we're not allowed to go out. business premises are supposed to close except if you run essential services like uh banks or grocery stores uh
1: but in singapore i i don't know but jack i I, i've been seeing people are still in shopping malls walking around what's going on in singapore well, the truth is that I feel sorry for the Malaysians. Your MCO <laughs> is still in play. I, I feel for it. Like I, I stopped going up to Kuala Lumpur because I used to have a lot of activities in Kuala Lumpur. Now I, I have to uh, make it a, a pause. So in Singapore, what is that now I'm only sharing things that are publicly announced because the government says that we are not allowed to share anything that is like a rumor. So what happened is that I just came back from lunch. I usually can still go out for lunch, dinner, uh, breakfast. The only thing that is, uh, that's happening right now is in Singapore, the eateries. For example, we are not, like imagine a table of four, we have uh, those crosses, like on the chair, on the table. That means that we are not allowed to sit on those chairs that has a cross. Because if we do that, that there'll be a $300 fine. And therefore, people are basically practicing social distancing. Like in supermarket, there's some interesting masking masking tape uh, lying up on the floor telling people that when you kill, make sure that you are one meter behind the people in the person in front of you. That's, so, that's so, really so interesting this, though. Yeah. That's really interesting because if you look at it, like
0: when, when this whole COVID-19 situation was announced, mm. uh, I mean, of course, Wuhan, China was the first one that got it and then uh, various different countries got it. And Singapore was one of the earlier countries to get it with yeah. the cases. But now, now it just seems like well, from the pictures and from the Instagram stories that people are, are filming on their phone, it seems like it's back to normal, except, yes, with those tapes around in the elevator, in the train, in, in, in the restaurants. But it seems like it's back to normal. Like, this is, for me, I, I'm so impressed with uh, Singapore because of this. I always mm-hmm. believe that Singapore is one of the uh, most underrated country in the world. Because uh, if you look at America right now, like, I, I love America to death, but they have so much go- time to prepare yeah, they, they got so much time to prepare. I mean, they knew about this. Like, they got like literally a one month head start. But mm. you know, look at what what's going on right today. I think they just announced over what close to four thousand death already yeah. in 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 the US. It is crazy. So mm. uh, you know, I really think the Singapore government is really efficient. Now, I know you you moved to Singapore a while ago, so you want to talk a little bit about what's it like living in Singapore. Give the audience a little bit of the details. What's going on right now in Singapore? Like, what's the lifestyle? Any changes?
1: Okay, so number one, although we are still able to move around, uh, most people have adopted working from home and uh, styles. And in fact, yesterday, the government announced that uh, the employers, when it is possible to allow um, the employees to work from home, practice 100% telecommuting commuting, unless the industry or the business doesn't, doesn't allow them to do that. Otherwise, it becomes a fine or penalty imposed. So I expect in the month of April there will be more and more people working from home. That's the key thing. Uh, I do have a lot of people telling me that they are not used to working from home, partly because most people work in office in Singapore. Mm. That's that's lifestyle adjustment. Uh, Supermarket, of course, this and other very interesting thing. Like there's no way you can go to supermarket during lunchtime because the queue is like 10 meters, 20 meters long. So we have to be strategically the selecting a particular time slot go to supermarket to just get the grocery. And now it's about rationing. In other words, like you are not allowed to buy more than $30 of meat, $20 of vegetable, how many rows of kitchen, how many rows of toilet paper, all these are rationed. This is something that is going back to the World War I time, which I wasn't born yet. Is this happening in Singapore right now.
0: Wow. So do, are, are the Singaporeans, are they complying to the, to the rules, the laws
1: being set for this? To a large extent, because Singaporeans are very well trained in complying with the law. So I don't see a lot of like the naughty boys or girls who try to break the law. It's not, it doesn't happen a lot in Singapore. Very, Mm. very rare. There's people Mm. here tend to be compliant, actually. Well, wow, that's great. That's great. So, because
0: uh, like right here, what's going on is a lot of business premises are are forced to close. Like you cannot open. Literally, they have authorities that will go into shopping malls, they'll go into offices, and ensure that no one is working uh, in 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 business premises at all. And, and and the worst thing that's happening is a lot of businesses that cannot adapt. Uh, you know, naturally speaking, not all businesses can adapt to the internet, right? But mm. businesses that cannot adapt, they are suffering. Uh. Malaysia Airline, uh, a couple of weeks ago, they just announced 13,000 people will go on unpaid leave. And uh, many more small businesses are going on unpaid leave because they're not getting uh, a lot of uh, help from the government. So mm-hmm. uh, I want to talk a little bit about that because I have a lot of SME friends who are suffering mm-hmm. right now. Right? Okay. Uh, what do you think they can do in terms of uh, you know, saving their business, maybe prolonging their business, or maybe make sure that they don't have to cut people off their company or fire people or lay off people
1: unnecessarily? when it comes to the bad time always always number one issue is the payroll mm-hmm. cash flow and of course the retrenchment uh, as a boss of course you don't want to just anyhow fire the employee because these employees have done something great during a good time uh, i see that most sme basically are facing the cash flow problem and, and as a result it's not about at this time tightening the cash flow and do not spend anything uh, I'm still very aggressively promote, like I would still say that aggress- being aggressive aggressive, like not too aggressive like bragging or what, but actually is to continue promoting marketing because you still want to get customers coming in. Uh another very good strategy is not my idea, it's actually my teacher's ideas. Uh if you haven't had a chance to talk to your previous premium clients or or, or some value clients, it is a good time just to give them a call or connect with them. And all you need to do is just to say, how is things going? And that's it. You don't say anything else. You just say, how is things going? Because no one actually does that nowadays because they, they're focused on themselves. But when you still maintain a relationship, some way, sometimes later, what happens is that these people might remember you. So I will mm-hmm. still be value marketing and I will not stop. This is the first thing. Second thing, of course, you should ask ourselves whether in, in that particular business, we can leverage on technology. And uh, if possible, then we, we, we will have to open our heart and mind to, to tap to this world of technology because the world order has already been reset. No matter whether COVID-19 is going to, to be over soon or not, the world order has been reset. So the, the, the traditional way of doing businesses may no longer come back. So, so why not go ahead and embrace the new changes right now and explore right. ideas? So I, I'm, I'm interested,
0: now that you talk about the world order, I want to go a little bit deeper on that because uh, I'm sure you are a big, uh, big researcher and you also mm-hmm. look at the economic numbers a lot. Yeah. Um, I'm sure you know that right now, we're not just facing the, the coronavirus uh, pandemic. Actually, it's a lot more than that. There is also uh, the oil war, the oil price war with Saudi Arabia and Russia. And mm-hmm. then we have the trade war with China and the US. Mm-hmm. So there's mm-hmm. a lot of things going on. And in, in Malaysia, we also have the political turmoil that's happening where people are not really supporting the 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 you know the backdoor government. So there's a mm-hmm. lot of things going on. So I want you to maybe, assuming that you have a crystal ball, Right. Let's talk forecast let's talk uh, assuming that you can see what's going on in the next three to six months how do you think the world will have will be uh maybe three to six months from now
1: so starting from the brick and mortar businesses those fmb traditional type which they can't really need to go they cannot really leverage on technology some of these industries may go this may disappear mm. uh, I do know that manufacturing companies suffer a lot because there's no order coming in. So they might have a hard time. Airline industries, I don't know how bad it will be. Like it's already very bad. Perhaps next, in the next three, six months, we may hear some airlines to go bust. Uh, I'm worried about Cathay Pacific too because Cathay Pacific right now, 96% of the flights have stopped, have, have actually stopped. That is wow. very horrible for Cathay Pacific which is one of the largest airlines in the world. And then I will also see, for example, in our industry, the training industry, mm-hmm. uh, live events will disappear. Not to say that it's completely disappeared. Like if, uh, if a business that is, if a event organizer that is relying on live events to survive, they will suffer in the next three, six months and they may not even survive because the world has changed completely. In terms of professional, professional, like the accounting, the tax, legal work, they will still be there because this is a recession-proof business. Whether it's bad times, good times, they will still need accountants, lawyers, and, and, and other professionals. So you just like continue status quo for professionals, but they do need to be a bit nimble because the clients may not be able to pay them as before. So what else can they do? So again, you have to think about the creative side of the, of the, of the business. Yeah. Mm. I think I think
0: like for the airlines, I my personal belief is that they're so important to a country's economy. I think the government will bail them out no matter what. Yeah. But I think what's gonna happen is that because if you think about it, the US announced a two trillion dollar stimulus package and other countries are doing hundreds of billions, hundreds of billions yeah. here and there. And, and and the common thing that's gonna happen is that they're all gonna be printing a lot more money. And yeah. they're gonna be, really? you know, and inflation is gonna happen, right? And what's going to happen is that the money that you have in a bank account that's sitting around that you put in the savings account are going to uh, automatically devalue every second you don't use it and every second you don't invest it. So yep. what would be some like, some ideas for what people they can do if they have, let's say, uh, $20,000, dollars 40000 sitting around, they don't want it to be devalued because of the inflation. What do you think they can do with the money? Should they start mm-hmm. a business? Should I put it into stocks?
1: Should I buy gold, Bitcoin? Well, wow. It's very hard to say what should buy what should not buy because it is up to individual preferences. So as far as I'm concerned, um, if a person doesn't have any investment experience, it's the it's always the time, not the good time, bad time, but it's always the time to learn to acquire the skill set, to learn how to invest the money it's, because it's no point you put in the bank because the bank doesn't give you any interest at all. Uh, HSBC just announced that they stopped giving dividends to the shareholders in quarter, in, in the last quarter, and share prices dropped to 40 Hong Kong dollars today. It was very terrible. You, so, so investing investing may not actually secure any, any return. Uh, buying properties, like right now, if you don't have cash, it's very hard to buy property without any leverage. If you talk about buying Bitcoin, I don't, I'm not a Bitcoin fan, so I, I always have no comments about it. Like Bitcoin at one time, it went up so hard to $19,000, Right now it's about 5,000 plus. So if you want to buy at 19,000 or if you want to buy it at 5,000, which is high, which is low I gain, is also uncertainty. So at this time, the best thing I would say is, to still like ask yourself the question. So I go back to the drawing board, like students come to me and ask like, what, what should I do right now? I will ask like, at this point in time, do you have a job? If you have a job, okay, is this job going to be sustainable? And then ask yourself, what if one finding you don't have this job, what else can you do? And what other skills do you need to have? Okay, if you don't have any existing skill sets, for example, sales, businesses, uh, investment, uh, uh, copywriting, like this, we, what we do, copywriting, training, consulting. So ask yourself, what skills do you need in fighting with this crisis time? Because it's not about starting a business only, because at the end of the day, if you don't have the skill set of selling, Uh, persuasion, negotiation, your business will last long. So therefore, I come from a space of like knowing what the skill sets we have and what other skill sets that we need first. That is actually the best thing. Like the saying goes from all my teacher is not investing in anything else, but investing in us first. That's really, really important because that is the most valuable asset, which is us. Right. So
0: a lot of people right now, what they're trying to do is that they're literally Um, I mean, since a lot of people have nothing to do, they are quarantined or locked down at home. uh, One of the best ways for most people to actually learn new information is actually just going online and and, and just investing in courses, just investing in e learning. Because uh, I think the world is going to change in a way that nowadays a lot more people are learning online. Like some people Mm -hmm. are even choosing not to go to college and use their funds to actually invest in. Courses to invest mm-hmm. in uh, mentors, to invest in uh, digital courses. So I want to talk a little bit about you being a trainer. I am a trainer as well. And we are all doing the same mm-hmm. thing. We're pivoting to yeah. the, the internet market. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I've been doing webinars for so long now, and I started redoing webinars again. And let's talk about webinars because uh, you pivot to doing webinars recently after these mm-hmm. uh, uh, COVID-19 started to become a little bit more of an issue for a lot of business premises here in Southeast mm-hmm. Asia region. So let's yep. talk about that because I heard that you did a thousand people, was it? Uh, in in an event or mo- maybe more? You so wanna- I'm how part you do that? of
1: I'm part of the community. Uh, on the sales training side, it's a global community which I'm part of it. So what yep. happened was that we have up to this point at the time of this uh, interview, uh, we have three thousand one hundred eighteen people registered. So mm-hmm. we do have a target in two more weeks time, uh, ten thousand people to register. So what we do is that we offer a four-week masterclass to help people understand the sales, understand how the emotional intelligence, personality intelligence, spiritual intelligence, all, all this stuff that can, touches, that can touch people's uh, in different aspects. So what happened was that we just had a class number one on Friday, last Friday. The Zoom that we have gotten has a maximum capacity of 500. So the question mm-hmm. is that the moment 8 o'clock starts, the room max out five hundred. No nobody else can go in. So what? How can we have ten thousand uh, at one thousand eighteen people in the room? So that's why we have got the left. We have leveraged the technology. So the secret of that was we have a we have created a Facebook group. So we do a Zoom directly to the Facebook group, and we send people who cannot go to the Zoom to the Facebook group so they can watch they can watch live streaming at the, and participate at the same time. So the interesting thing is that we can see the chats in the Zoom and the chats on Facebook Live all running concurrently. So this is a very interesting thing that we is discovered. Is this something new that you guys
0: have been doing or is this something that you guys have always been doing?
1: No, this is something that we explore because I have never seen I've never seen 500, 500 people mess out in the room. Like my Zoom room for example, I can only have 100 people. So, so, so the question is that when we have more than people, like the, the, the supply is way below the demand. We need to fulfill the, the demand, the the, the the registration of people. How do we fulfill this? So that was a last-minute decision from the global, global team. Set up a Facebook group. Sue it there, and therefore we have more than 500 people that can watch the live session at the same time. So what, what do you think about example. people
0: attending? Because I know you do live events where people go to like physical events. Right now, you're doing online. So hmm. you want to talk a little bit about what, what are the differences so that uh, maybe the trainers that are listening to this, they get a little bit of an idea what they can do. Or maybe people that are doing online for a long time, they can also get a little bit of an idea what is the benefit or pros and cons of doing offline as well. So maybe you hmm. share a little bit. What is your opinion uh, online versus offline way of presenting information? What about the attendees'
1: interactions? Okay. Uh, you know, sure. things like that. There are actually multiple angles to tackle this question. So I start from a very... Superficial level first. Like people start talking about going to do online courses. Like they have been doing live trainings and now suddenly say, maybe I should actually turn my live courses into online. So the question I have is that, okay, now we are talking to two groups of people. The first group are people who are already running live events like you successfully and doing very great. So doing this online becomes just a leverage of the platform. So there's no problem with this group to leverage the technology but there's another group of people who are already struggling, filling the rooms in live events. You cannot just turn this into online, hoping that people will come to your room. So the marketing, the promotion part remains. We still have to fix that issue before we can turn this online business a success. So that's the first level of issue. Now let's come to the second level, which is these people like you and I, who are already running live events successfully, how do we leverage the online technology? So, of course, in the market, there are many ways to run online courses, like you can Udemy, you can have Kajabi, all this. But what I found out interestingly is that to leverage Zoom, like the the the, 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 the one that we are using right now, that we can actually run a, a live events virtually. So, I make a very interesting distinction between virtual events and live events virtually. So, let me explain what are the differences here. My definition of virtual event is just to run an online program showing the PowerPoint slides, going through the information one slide after another slide. So and it's like end, a webinar, out- yeah? Yeah. So the outcome is that people just consume the information, but you have no idea whether they learn anything and whether they're able to apply. So that's why I make a distinction from a virtual event to a live event virtually, which means that I'm still running live. We still have participation, we still have interaction, engagement. It's it's business as usual. The only thing that is missing is because we are running virtually, there's no typical, there's no literally physical connection. So I can can ask people to high-five at the camera, but there's still no physical touch. So it's only that part that's missing. Uh, Mm -hmm. Other than this, uh, we can still run live events using, like for example, using Zoom, because Zoom has a very fantastic feature called the breakout rooms. And the breakout rooms allow us to do some group shares, individual assignments, and we can actually bring the learning to the next level it's just like the live events we can mm. actually do that and, and and this is something that we found the feedback that we have gotten for example last week we did a four-day virtual event and participants engagement was way much better than the live events yesterday i did a one live event virtually with singapore accounting professionals and the engagement was much better than a live event. Why, why,
0: why do you think that is? Do you, do you think that people are just shy because they are? Maybe do you think they I are talking to don't know because,
1: or Okay, so interestingly, I this is just still my preliminary finding. I don't know the exact reason. Probably, probably because like, these two events that I was involved in, there were quite a lot of Malaysians who are locked down. They have... Basically, oh sorry, no. Yesterday was actually a Singapore event, so maybe I'll talk about the four day. The four day, yep. most people are from Malaysia. They were locked down. They have mm-hmm. nothing else to do, so that's the that's reason why when we ask them to be engaged and interact, the interaction level is high. Oh, they got pent up that pent up energy that
0: need to release. Alright,
1: and yesterday, what happened was that I have it's a small corporate event, so we have right. ten participants. And nine, I actually asked them, like, they actually hang out, nine of them hang out from home. So that's the same thing. When they're at home, they have nothing else to do. Might as well participate. If the trainer is doing a good job to engage them, that might be the reason why I give and I can take, I can receive a lot. Interesting response. Like yesterday, what happened was that I asked them, like, asked them to do, to do sharing for example, the question I asked is that share with me one interesting thing about yourself as some of the uh, icebreaker. Surprisingly, they actually type a few lines on the chat. I was, I was I was just waiting for the reply. I don't think anything will come out as usual, but you know what? One, one person replied, the rest is chum, 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 chum. And then I mm. asked them, okay, comment one, comment two, very diligently comment one, comment two, just follow me. Yeah. So, right. so that is why I said, it is a mindset shift. Like, like it's very hard for me to say this until I've done it. Now I have done it, not once, not twice, a few times. And I realized that this is definitely possible. It's just a question of whether the person, the trainer is willing to open their mind and be creative. Right.
0: So a lot of, a lot of uh, virtual events or webinars they are about an hour to two hours long. And hmm. I'm assuming since you're doing training, that's going to be a lot longer, right? Yep.
1: Mine is so, four
0: yeah. days, nine
1: o'clock to seven. Wow. Yesterday so was nine o'clock. o'clock to seven? To, yeah. And okay. yesterday was nine a.m. to five. Wow. That's why it's called live events virtually. So how how do people react to such long hours uh, online? Like they're just staring at the So the, the feedback the was, okay, good question. The feedback was, I couldn't believe I can sit still for such a whole freaking day. Wow. That is a very general comment because they couldn't believe it. Because the mindset is that webinar is just one hour or maximum two hours. No, this is a live event. That's why I keep using the word live events. If your mindset, thoughts, uh, if your mindset sets in a way that it is a webinar, then you condition yourself to sit for one to two hours. But when I say it's mm. a live event, so you have to participate throughout, then right. basically it's no different. The only adjustment mm. I made yesterday is in a live events, I have one lunch, one morning break, one afternoon break, so I follow what Marshall Thurber, our teacher said. Every 55 minutes, I'll go for one 10 minute, 10 minute break. So I followed that very diligently.
0: Okay. So yesterday I had multiple stretch. breaks. Yeah. Correct.
1: Have multiple breaks. So yeah. that is a little adjustment in terms of the- I think, I think the lesson
0: break. here is for most trainers who are listening to these speakers, consultants, Corporate trainers, I think they should not be afraid to go online, embrace online. From what I know, like in America, because the country is so big, sometimes they will do corporate training virtually through virtual yeah. conferences. Yeah. And it's very common and they've been doing it for many, many years. So mm. uh, this doesn't change anything. And in fact, I think it gives people a greater opportunity because some of them, like, like, like maybe parents, they don't want to deal with their young kids they find an excuse. Oh, I'm attending a nine to five class. That means uh, my wife, please take care of the kid nine to five. I'm going to be attending yeah. this class. I need full focus. I, it gives them an excuse to get away from because I think parents, especially, they need uh, a break from their kids, not, not 24-7 mm-hmm. facing the kids because they need mm-hmm. to have this professionalism to be able to, you know, produce for the family. So, this is great. Now, I I just want to ask you a few other questions like maybe uh, what other things do you think like businesses can do during these times? Right? Um, and we're specifically talking about let's say consultants, uh, trainers. Mm-hmm. Now I know one of the ideas is that we can do events virtually like this. What else do you mm-hmm. think they can use the time right now? Let's say they are in lockdown, or quarantine. What else do you think they can do right now to maybe boost their business so, get more clients?
1: Okay, so this is what I am doing right now also. That is we were so busy during the good time to running events. And uh, this is a very good time to actually create what I call these digital assets. So what happened is that I'm actually creating like regularly digital assets. I'm not like promoting them now. I just build up the digital assets so that when it's time to launch them, I have the assets ready. So this is from a marketing side. Okay, digital assets building is a very. Can you define what's a digital asset for this? So for example, and- your podcast show, like what you're doing, creating podcast show, uh, videos. For example, videos uh, and live uh, videos, training videos, just videos. For example, just like I would just say, just videos. That's what I'm doing. I'm building a lot of videos for topic on speakers and training, speaking and training. So I build a lot, and and that's the first thing. The second thing is that well, now is a very good time to run Facebook like like consultants, expert trainers, like literally my Facebook live is, my Facebook is flooded with all the Facebook live every now and then. So there's mm-hmm. no problem for us to actually go out and do one hour share. One Like I usually would do one and a half hours every Sunday and because wow. I don't like to do it every, every day. So my time is Sunday, that nine o'clock to 10.30, I'll just run one and a half hours then people just tune in and listen to me. And right. this is the second thing. The third thing is other than building digital assets. Uh, this is just to echo what Gary Vina just said. It's about content creation. You cannot stop creating content. You have to keep on doing this because at the end of the day, what Gary said is the is a is a long term game. Your personal build, personal branding, is a mm-hmm. long term plan. So it's a long term game. So you still have to continue building your 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 brand by creating content. So I, these are all the things that I'm doing right now.
0: Yeah. So one one of the things I highly recommend most people to do is. Uh, like you you have a book, I have a book. Um, mm. This is the best time to bunker down and just write a book. Now, yeah. a lot of people don't know what's the purpose of a book. I think it's great for mm. personal branding. I think it's great for like lead generation. I think it's great yep. for uh, coupling it where as a bonus. I think there's a lot of benefit. You can just write a book. If on a daily basis, you say, I'm too busy to write a book. Well, now you have a lot more time to write just a to book. The time yeah i've I've been telling people to do that and even if you can't write a book you can create a video course right and then if you do not know how to sell it just upload it on the udemy if it sells it sells if not you know at least you've got some video courses that in the future you could potentially give away as a bonus uh for something else for other reasons i think this is the best time to do it uh and and but the problem that i get in terms of uh, most people messaging me on instagram on facebook is that desmond you know it's easy to say that but how do i remain productive at home what would your
1: advice be okay so i share with your audiences this story like you know me for a while you never yeah. heard me talking about going to gym <laughs> right i'm not a gym person yeah. as you know yeah. so when i moved to this particular condo uh, in late january so the condo has a has a has a gym so i in the month of feb and march uh the store before i started before i continue i need to make a caveat because my condo just have a COVID-19 case. So the gym unfortunately is closed till end of this month. So I didn't have that chance to do it now. But in the month of Feb and March, what happened was that I was able to go to the gym 30 minutes every single day, except for two days I couldn't do it because of training. So at my age, 30 minutes a day, daily. What is your excuse? Now this is how I tell people, like you're younger than me, you say you go to gym only for three days, three times a week, I do seven days. What, what, what stop you? So the secret of that is, number one, make it consistent. Like whatever we do in life, we make it consistent, then, not, then after three weeks going to gym, it becomes part of my life and I feel absolutely miserable if I didn't go to gym that day. So that is how the effect of consistency gives me that feeling that I have to go. Like one day I actually went to do a preview. I came back home at 6 p.m. I missed the gym time. And eventually, I didn't go for dinner. I just rushed to the gym, rushed to the gym, and do my 30 minutes. I feel so good that I have my dinner. So that's that kind of feeling that I have when you can build up your consistency. So how right. does it? How does it? How does it work? Like what is How does this consistency principle work? Block your time. So my right. time for gym is 5 to 6 p.m. every single day, Monday to Friday, and 11 a.m. to 12 p.m. Saturday, Sunday. I just so you have like a timetable yeah correct so once you have the mm-hmm. time block this is the time you have to do this like if i know that day i have a preview so i cannot do it at five and six so i'll probably shift the time up in the morning or down right. in, at night to make sure that i can fulfill the requirement of that day so just make oh. use of the timetable and block it and then you can do the things that you're supposed to do I'll, I'll I share
0: a tip. I'm a very lazy person. I'm a very lazy person. I like the fact that you say consistent, but for me, I use the word routine uh, and yeah. habits. And I train myself to be uh, an employee of my calendar. And what I mean by employee of the calendar is that my life revolves around the calendar. Like yeah. every single day, at night i'll plan the next day i'll fill it up and then the next day what i do is i i'll follow the calendar even if something urgent comes out unless it's super priority i would ignore it and i'll put it in the next day calendar and mm-hmm. on my calendar well, before the mco before the lockdown uh, every morning seven till eight o'clock it's my gym time and there were i remember there was one time where i skipped gym and because i well, not. I wouldn't say accidentally, but I hit the snooze button. Um, and what happened was I skipped gym, and the entire day I felt so crap. And it's it's not an energy thing. It's not like a like a body thing. It's more like a mental thing. Like I feel like something is yeah. missing, and I felt so terrible. Exactly. I felt so guilty, and I told myself that if I have it on calendar, I'm not gonna skip it again. And, you know, I'm not gonna like postpone the calendar. I'm not gonna postpone anything that I put on the calendar. Another tip that I want to give for most people that are working from home is. Um, definitely have a space for home office, uh, like a table for home office. I don't know if it's going to be a dining table. I don't know if it's going to be, like, I feel like you can eat on your couch. I feel like you can eat anywhere on, you know, on the kitchen, uh, what do you call the, the marble table, whatever it is. But right. I think for most people that are working from home, you got to need a, a, an office desk. It's super important right now because you need the environment. I Like for me, I still dress and I still make my hair. I still shower. I, I, I still uh, you know, I wake up in a way that I still feel like I'm going to work, but it's just that I don't travel to the office. I don't go to the mm. office. I don't go anywhere. And, and 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 I keep that habit going on, right? And I think that's really, really important. And I think you need to let your family members know what time to what time you're working so that they don't bother you. And you need to create some sort of rules, right? And um, it, could, it, it could be a rule that you have in a household so that you know people can respect that rules, so that you get things done. Because I know so many people I'm seeing on on social media right now, people are just wasting their time away. Mm. Like they they are posting, oh, just finished watching like uh, seven movies today on Netflix, right? And I'm like, I mean, if you watch one, I get it. But if you watch seven in a day, the hours that you wasted, you could be creating a video course that you could be putting up online and then maybe generating some passive income or residual income through Udemy or through any of those yeah. platforms out there. I just don't get yeah. that. So, you know, um, what advice do you have for people that they are, they are aimless or they, are, they don't have direction right now? Maybe they want to start a business, but they don't know where to start, right? They're just sitting at home. They are maybe on unpaid leave or maybe they're on paid leave or maybe they are they're just waiting for things to happen. What advice would you give to these people that just, you know, the, the Netflix watcher, the Netflix,
1: what do you call it? The, the you know, marathon Netflix guy. Okay, so Marathon Netflix, uh, Netflix guy. So first of all, in the coaching world, we say that until the person feels absolutely painful, they are in pains, but they are not painful enough, they will not move. Hmm. So if they, feel, they start feeling from pain to painful, then it's good time to actually find somebody to talk to. But like if they don't know what they don't know, they are not able to solve the problem. Like look at checkout of Desmond, for example. Talk to, talk to Desmond. And, and get some ideas like that may inspire and motivate you to make a move to do something differently rather than just mm-hmm. continue watching Netflix because it's not going to help you in your business. And then start connecting with other people. Like in the past, again, we may not have the time to do it, but now go out and talk to people, not because physically, not physically, of course, but go, to, go virtually and, and, and give a call, find somebody to talk to and see what ideas come up like this brainstorming for example, like Desmond and I are doing this brainstorming here, like we, we get ideas from each other. So mm-hmm. this is what we call connection and ideas, that ideas can pop up. Like you did just, you don't need a lot of ideas actually, you just need a few, maybe just one. So one idea can actually change your life. Why right. not talk to other people?
0: Yeah. Right, yeah, I, 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 I agree on this. Uh, literally, I just posted a video telling people, especially entrepreneurs and aspiring entrepreneurs, I think right now is the best time to go out there and create a virtual online mastermind. And what I mean mm-hmm. by that is, let's say you want to be a coach, okay? Go and find four to five other coaches, create a daily accountability, a Zoom meeting every single morning, every single evening, whatever you prefer, and just share one new finding, just share one new finding and share one new challenge and then see how we all can fix the problem together and you'll be surprised because I always believe that times like this if you unite and if you work together you get a lot uh, you, you get better, faster because on good times, normal times, it's impossible to unite people. Let me tell you, Jack, I, I, one of the businesses that I have is we do consultancy. We work with mm. business owners, right? We try to help them in terms of turnaround and growth. And I'll tell you this, during good times, it's impossible to get them on the phone for more than 30 minutes. It's impossible. They're too busy in the shop. They're too busy in the store. They're too busy in the office, right? They had to do this. They had to do that. They're oversee. Now, they are just literally a phone call away and they just can't stop talking now because it's so easy to like connect with them. And I'm telling my a lot of my private clients, do something that I call hashtag do your part. And what I mean by do your part is if you have knowledge like yourself, you have tax knowledge, you have training knowledge, you have consultancy knowledge, you have accounting, so much in, inside you. Like what I tell people, if you have something in your brain that can help people, that can bring value to people, even if they can't pay you right now, don't worry about it. Just do it for them first because when the good times comes again, guess who they remember? Guess who they will call first? Guess who they will work with first? And that's what I'm talking about. There are people that I know that are, for example, they're very talented at digital marketing, very, very good at it, right? Mm -hmm. But they wouldn't work unless they get paid. I'm like, that is dumb because businesses right now, they're trying to conserve. They're not going to spend money on uh, aggressive marketing. So why don't you help them for free? Maybe doing live videos, doing, host helping them move, let's say, an education institution, like a tuition center, move them online to Zoom for free. Yeah, When yeah. the good time comes, first person they're going to call to do social media marketing is going to be you. And mm-hmm. that's what I'm telling people. Like, if you have a knowledge, if you have a value that you can give, even if you are like some, if you're not doing anything related to business, even if you're doing something like relationship counseling, I don't know if you know, relationship counseling business is actually doing pretty well right now online mm-hmm. because people are stuck <laughs> at home and they are yes. arguing with their wives and their husbands yes. and they are doing this and it's a Zoom counseling, which is, which is insane uh, and and it's really really good. Uh, I also mm-hmm. know that people are, are are doing really well in uh, many types of counseling and many types of uh, consulting, uh, which I think it's 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 there are opportunities. Right? it's that you need to open up your eyes and consistently seek problems because entrepreneurs get paid only when we give a solution to a problem. Mm. Right. Yeah. So like, instead of sitting around not doing anything, I think the best thing that anyone can do is just uh, look at what's prob- what are the problems that you're suffering or the problems that the people around you are suffering and then figure out what, how to solve it. Mm. You don't exactly. have to be the end solution. You can be the person that, uh, you know, that, that uh, connect to the solution, it can be the middle man, right? And it, it can still mm-hmm. do really, really well. Uh, well, um, right now I see a lot of restaurants, a lot of uh, businesses that they don't do delivery. Now they're jumping on the delivery. There are uh, farmers, like, like local farmers, that don't do delivery, they always, you know, uh, sell it to a distributor or a wholesaler. Now they're doing direct to consumer now. And Mm. I think it's amazing to see trends happening. I think, you know, one of the questions I asked you was uh, six, eight months from now, if you have a crystal ball, what will you say? What will you you see? And I think the way people do business many months from now is going to be so different. I think trainers are going to get a lot more comfortable doing live uh, virtual events. Um, I don't know if you know, Jack, like four years ago, I remember when I was doing internet marketing, I was, you know, Mm. doing webinars, most people don't do live events in the internet marketing world. Most people just do webinars, even the, the personal development world. Many of them do uh, purely webinars and those people don't do live events, like in, in offline live events. So when people get used to something and then when people follow along, the whole entire trend will change, right? So now before, before we end this podcast, like Jack, uh, I just want, maybe you have any last words for the audience that I have. The majority of my audiences are maybe aspiring entrepreneurs or entrepreneurs that are doing about uh, one, two million revenue uh, per year. What would you say to them? What do you think they can do right now to be remain productive to maybe create more output or maybe what they can do right now to uh,
1: create more wealth for themselves? Multiple angles we can look at, but if there's only one thing I have to say is to be creative is mm-hmm. to be creative and yet has to continue connecting with the existing customers. Right. But I have to be creative because this, this word, although it's very hard to like describe what, what creative means. Like it's like thinking of the way the usual way of doing businesses may no, may no longer be the case. So what else can I do during this time where I cannot go out and get businesses? The only mm-hmm. thing I can do perhaps is just to leverage technology. Is it really technology? or the next thing that I actually like talk about on my social media two weeks ago, three weeks ago, like many, many people are talking about going from offline to online, like literally every single one talk about online. I asked myself this question, till now I still don't have the answer, but it's actually a good question to ask. If it's not offline, if it's not online, what else can that be? What is the next thing after online? I have what is no the next this. thing after online? After yeah, online, you think because about it's it. online, offline, like there's some, there should be something but what is that thing? I don't know yet. But I start, I've, start, I've started actually exploring and thinking about it. What is that? After online, what is the next? What is the next thing? Right. And
0: the world is changing so quick. Yeah. We never know. We're ready. 5G is coming. It's, it's insane. Well, yeah. Jack, I would like to thank you for you know, coming on here and sharing so much amazing content and so much amazing value. Uh, how can they find out more about you? How can
1: they get to know you? Uh, how, can, how can they connect with you? Well, two ways to connect with me. One, I have a website, HM1.com. That's the place that I have my website. The other one is my social media, uh, Jack HM official. So that is my Facebook page. Feel free to connect with me and just see what I do on my Facebook because my Facebook has tons of things. Yeah, so just <laughs> model yeah. after him and you'll be well, fine. You can. <laughs> yeah. Yep, right. yep.
0: Uh, Jack, thank you so much for coming on here. I hope you guys get a lot of value from Jack. Um, make sure you follow Jack. Make sure you check out his content, check out his website. Uh, he's what uh, what I, I call earlier on before I started this podcast. He's a treasury of information. If you can find a way to meet up with him or pick his brain, it will be worth it. All right. Thank you, Desmond.
1: Thank you, thank so, you Jack. Thank
0: you very so much. Thank you.